Another summer rerun. Glory to God. <clears throat> Before we get started, um, at the beginning of the year in our Vision Sunday night, we, um, we had different ones of you, or everybody that was here brought their prayer list or their vision list for the year, and uh, we prayed over those, and so we've been having just different testimonies at times of things that have manifested or come to pass, and we also had the different teams in our church, the leaders uh, bring lists of things that they're believing God for and praying over and all. And so to, today, Sarah Dunning's coming for a moment and just going to share a couple things about some, some prayers that have been answered in the prayer ministry. Sarah is head over our prayer ministry and does a fabulous job. Thank you. She does an absolutely fabulous job of it. We've got some really dedicated people that have been in this group for a long time, and so we've seen some amazing things come to pass. So Sarah's going to just share a few things real quickly. Good morning, everybody. It's good to see you all. It's an honor. It's an honor for me to be up here, but I represent a prayer team. We're a team. And we want to honor our pastors because they're the ones that founded this ministry through the Lord and founded it on prayer. It was prayed for, and then when it came into existence, they set up the prayer ministry, and we do it the same way. So all we get to do is build on what they did. So thank you, pastors. This ministry of Gates is very, very committed to prayer and there's a lot of prayer that goes on, and it's faith-filled prayer. It's based on the Word and by the Spirit. We don't pray the problem, we pray the solution. And we're honored to be sharing with you this morning, and Pastor, if I get too windy, you gotta shut me down, because this is my passion. So, without a vision, pastors start out in February or January where it was and this ministry has a vision and the scripture says that where there is no vision the people perish and so the prayer ministry just picks up and comes under the pastors and helps them fulfill the call that's upon their lives and help them fill the vision through prayer and prayer is, as again, is a very strong foundation of this ministry. And um, if you are someone that says Gates is my home, church, or you're a, ga uh, you're a guest here, uh, you've been prayed for today. <laughs> you're covered in prayer. Our people are covered in prayer. Um, have so many things I want to share with you, but I, I want to just share some prayers that have been prayed that we just feel like we just had a wonderful part of being in, involved. And one of them was our last Tyvee graduation this last May. And we'd had a lot of rain, you know, and it was raining. And they were calling for rain for the night of graduation and they hold it in the stadium okay so we decided that we were going to stand for no rain 
and we came into agreement in prayer and we declared this whole area free from rain and that the people were traveling, coming to and going home, that they would be protected. There would be no slick roads, no accidents in the name of Jesus. And there was no rain. <laughs> no rain. I don't know, but I get real excited about that. <laughs> so I'm looking at you and you're just kind of like, well, okay. <laughs> but just uh, know that we didn't pray the problem. We didn't pray about the problem of so much rain. We just said no rain in the name of Jesus. And we have authority here because this is our, our area. Hallelujah. And, and God honored it. And we give him all the praise and, and all the glory. Uh, another one, um, just how the prayer ministry and all the teams, we all work together. We all flow together in unity to help pastors fulfill the call upon their lives and for this, this service today. We've all come together. And so there's no strife, there's no division. The Spirit is very free to flow here. And we believe the uncompromised Word of God. So whatever your need is here today, the wisdom of God is here to help you out. And if you've never met Jesus as your Savior, never had the opportunity to hear the truth, that Jesus is the true Savior, that He's the one that came to reconcile us back to our Father, the true Father, then you'll have that opportunity today because the Holy Spirit is here and we've bound the enemy today as we prayed from being able to chatter and that would be the only voice you would hear but we've bound that voice of chatter and we've loosed the Holy Spirit who is hovering always that you'll hear his voice and that Jesus would become your savior today. We, we care about our community, this church does. And at Christmas time and Thanksgiving time, we bless our firefighters and our law enforcement people, our police officers. And we pray for them too. And this happened a while back that there was a fire that took place and of course the fire department was called and um, they got information that there was a man in the house but something just wasn't right. The police was on the scene, the sheriffs was on the scene, the paramedics were all on the scene. And when the firefighters got there they decided that they weren't gonna go in the front door. But they felt like for this fire and just the leading of the spirit and the wisdom, they decided they'd go around back. And so when they went around back and went in, they found the man that he had shot himself and set the fire and then shot himself. And he had set a booby trap at the front door of explosives and broken glass and things like that, that if they had 
opened that door, they would have been hurt. So just once again, just the power of prayer. And just to share with you about the prayer ministry. We're kind of quiet and all, but we're, we're there. And the other thing that's one of the things that's so happy in my heart is we get to pray for the children. And we pray for the babies. We, ba we, we pray for the babies that we don't even know that are in the womb yet, but we pray for them. And we pray for healthy babies, strong babies, full-term babies. We pray for the mothers and the fathers. We pray for that family. And we pray for families that want babies that haven't been able to conceive. I mean, any way you can pray for about babies, we pray about babies. And we see Samuel, and we've seen Abigail, and we see the Maddie and Asher, and we, I mean, just babies. And then we got news that we're gonna have another baby, uh, Charlie. Yeah, and we got, I got news today that someone carrying a baby here, she's a little girl. She's carrying a girl. So we get excited about this. And there's been some people that have had miscarriages and they haven't been able to have babies. One was our grandson and his wife. They had two miscarriages. Now we have a great grandson baby boy because of the prayers. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So am I going over my time? <laughs> anyway, one last thing. Pastor Burt, on June the 16th, I think 15th of this month, he shared in the beginning, it was on reruns, but he went to talking about fear. And he quoted uh, Luke 10, 18 through 20, where Jesus said, I saw Satan fall. He's talking to the 70 disciples that had come back and they were talking about all that gone on. And he said, I saw Satan fall from heaven and I have given you power to tread upon all serpents and all scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. I've given you authority. And then he says, and nothing shall by any means harm or hurt you. Well, we prayed that out in prayer that day, that evening, Wednesday evening. We come in, and Pastor starts talking about fear, that we have not been given a fear. He leads us in a confession, but before he does that, he quotes the very same scripture that we had prayed out. And that's how this prayer ministry flows. And to God be the glory. Amen. Thank you, Sarah. Awesome, awesome, awesome. What a great word. You know, one of the things that we will never know, one of the things that we will never know is what didn't happen because we prayed. I believe when we get to heaven, there'll be reruns. Or, or uh, there'll be reruns of what could have happened, I think, that we'll be able to see because of people that pray, you know. And um, it, it, you know, the prayer ministry is a, is a silent ministry, as she said. Now, they're not silent ladies, you know. They're wild ladies. But um, <clears throat> it, it's, a, it's a ministry that is, that is behind the scenes that's not seen. But I don't know about you, 
I, I don't know even where my spleen is, but I've heard it's real important, and I wouldn't want to live without it, you know? I don't know where it is. I don't know what it looks like, but I don't want to lose it. You, you understand? And a lot of people don't even, maybe you've been sit, you're sitting in here this today and don't even know that we have a prayer ministry in the church. I'm telling you, the church wouldn't be here without prayer, you know, because the Bible says, first of all, do what? Pray. And when people pray, things happen. And she was talking about all the different groups of people that they pray for, it's, and it's even actually a whole lot more than that. But those are just certain specific things that are prayed for all the time. And I'm telling you, people in this city are blessed because we're here. And I'm not, I'm not saying that like somebody needs to pat us on the back. I'm just saying, we, you don't hear us say that from the pulpit. I'm saying people are blessed because we pray. Amen? Because our people pray. And, and there's other people that pray also. It's not just because of us, but we're doing our part, and, and all of those who are part of prayer are effective in it. If you're part of the prayer ministry, would you stand today, please? <clears throat> if, you're, if you are one that comes all the time and you're part of the prayer ministry, personal prayer ministry, yeah, stand up, Brian and, and Dale, both of you. Um, and Amen. Wait, stay, keep, stay standing. There's some more, though. Where, where are the, where are our other? Oh, is Dahlia and kids? Dahlia that did up, did this, the the transition up here and the 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 offering and all. She's part of it. And Jessica, where's Jessica? She's out too, for some reason. And my my mother-in-law, Pat Hunt. She's not here either. She's out. So. Uh, Anyway, we've got several people out, but this is our prayer ministry. Give them a huge hand today, amen? <clears throat> awesome. Awesome, awesome. We're so appreciative and, and just of the things that get answered and prayers that are manifested day after day, week after week, month after month, amen? We're so grateful and thankful for it. Well, this morning... In our summer reruns, uh, taught a message not too long ago, actually it was this year, in May, a series entitled Faith for More. We did a series last year and we did a rerun this year, this summer, on faith for others. But this series, there's Jessica right there, did you just pop in somewhere or what did you do? Did you just, Oh, okay, sorry. It was just, it was just like, I thought it was maybe fairy dust and she just appeared or something. <laughs> and, um, but we, we, we did a rerun on, uh, on faith for others, having faith for others. That, and I made a statement that somebody has to have faith. There's got to be faith in operation for things to manifest. Jesus, his faith was through the roof all the time. And because his faith was here, when he came into the presence of other people, it helped their faith to rise. And God needs you and I in a place of faith, but we have to understand faith, and we have to understand how to develop faith, but we have to understand more than anything how to maintain faith in difficult times. It's one thing when everything's going great, and you say, yeah, I, I, I trust God and everything, but what happens when things aren't so great? And everybody experiences times of not so great. 
I mean, we live in a not-so-great world, you know, and, and there's a lot of issues and there's a lot of potential that's out there to stir things up inside of us, to get us frustrated and, and looking at what we see instead of having faith and confidence in what we know. God wants us to have confidence in the things that we know, and when we know who we are, then we can have great faith, and that faith will accomplish great things. As the prayer ministry prays for other people, and they pray in faith and confidence in God for those situations, things begin to come to pass. See, if we're just going down prayer list and saying a bunch of stuff and showing up because we have to and, you know, frustrated as a result of it and don't have the vision in our heart, then we won't follow through with it, you know, and it won't produce the results that have to be produced. And so today, we're going to look at this faith that is in us and, and we're going to look at how important that it is to maintain that faith. And I want to start in uh, Ephesians 3 and the 20th verse. Again, we, this was a, a three-part series. Always you can go to our website and download for free any of the messages that we have. You can get these in, in their entirety, but this is just a... One message from the three. So Ephesians 3 and 20 says, Now to him who is able, God who is able. Everybody say God is able. Right? That's a good thing to know God is able. Um, Now to him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. Exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, him who is able to do exceeding and abundantly above all that we ask or think, he's able to. Now notice, it didn't say that he always does it. It said he's able to do it. So that word able there, in, in, in the Greek, it, it, it's interesting. That word is an interesting word. Um, if... Um, if I, if I have a million dollars and Tony needs a million dollars, then I am able to give him the million dollars, right? Now, whether I will or not is another thing. And whether somebody will or not has to do whether you would ask him or not. Well, you know, I need that million dollars and I know Pastor has it, but I'm not sure he'd give it to me. That's huge in you and I having faith in God to do. See, and we teach this around here a lot. God's already done everything that ever needs to be done. Now, you're in my natural mind. That doesn't make sense, but he's already done everything. Jesus died one time at the cross. His death and burial and resurrection and ascension, his seating at the right hand of the Father, was a one-time thing that settled everything in life. In other words, everything that pertains to life and godliness has already been supplied. Now, that doesn't make sense when you see things not supplied in your life. But what you and I have to come to is a place where we believe that God is not only able, but He is willing. Now, where does, 
where does the willingness come from? Where do, where, where do I get inside of me that God is not only able but willing? Well, it's the, next, the last part of this verse. That's where the knowing that God is also willing to do comes from this last part of the verse that says that it's according to the power that works in me. So it says, To him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that I ask or think according to what works in me. Now I don't know about you, but I can think about a lot of stuff. And I've got a lot of thoughts and I've got lots of vision. And I can ask really big. He is able to do exceeding and abundantly beyond even what you can ask or think. But what I ask and think for... The things that I ask for and I think about and I meditate on have to come from my meditation on Him. See, so as I learn to meditate on the things of God, from that comes what His desire is for me, what He wants to do for me, how much He has for me, and what's willing and able to manifest on my behalf. But when I'm in relationship with Him... And, and faith and confidence in Him is working, then what I ask for lines up with what His will is. Then I get it. So, so th- this, isn't a, this isn't a free thing. It's a relationship thing. Yeah, everything that is at my disposal is free. All I had to do is accept Jesus. And it's free. But the work is where relationship is concerned. When my wife and I got married, the day we got married, we're connected, and there was things that went into us being married, but the real relationship started the next day. The day after we got married is when now, or after the honeymoon, uh, then after the honeymoon, then is where real relationship had, had to begin, and that's where the work is. The work is in relationship. Because you and I don't think like God. We don't act like God. Before you come to God, you know absolutely nothing about God except what you heard other people say was God. And most of what other people say, well, you know, God said, well, he didn't really say that. I heard people say a lot of things that God said, and I tried to find them in the Bible, and it ain't in there. It's traditions. Thoughts and ideas and just comments and expressions that people had and they said it was God and none of that stuff was God we got to know God faith does not come from knowledge faith comes from a belief system that's built inside of you and that belief system is built through through knowledge that you have but then it has to become revelation it has to become something more than just knowledge of it knowledge isn't enough I'm giving you knowledge today about specific things. I'm talking about the Word today, and you can take that and do nothing with it, and it will not profit you. It didn't profit the children of Israel because they didn't mix faith with what they heard. You have to take what you hear today, and you have to do something with it. You have to take the Scriptures. we, We have free downloads. You can go listen to the message again and listen to it, take notes and write things down, then go to the Bible for yourself and study it and read it yourself. And when it begins to be revelation to you, your faith and trust in God will produce results. Faith always produces results. But you know, the Bible 
talks about an unfeigned faith. So in other words, if there is an unfeigned faith, then there's a real faith and a phony faith. There's a real faith and a phony faith. I don't know about you, but I, I'm done with phony. Right? I, I, I don't care. You know, you, you can see me and, and, and you can think, well, you know, uh, pastor's supposed to be all in faith and all, but I saw him do that. Well, sorry, but you know what? I, 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 I'm, I'm not doing things on a day-to-day basis to offend somebody, but I'm just telling you right now, I'm first and foremost to admit if something isn't working, it's not God. I'm first and foremost. So if it's not God, and I'm not here to blame the devil, I mean, you know, the devil's the devil and what his, his fault is his fault, but most of what we blame on the devil is really us because we're not doing anything with what we hear. And if you, do, if you mix faith with what you hear, if you develop faith and mix it with the things that you hear, you increase. So then we have faith for more in life. I don't, wanna, I don't want life, and I don't want to experience life with less. Try to overcome things with less. I want to experience things with more for more. I want to see other things happen in life. How about you? I'm not, I'm not satisfied with less. I want more. I have expectation today for more. So I'm going to just, this morning, just for a few minutes, I'm going to read a, a few stories out of the Bible. Um, and one of the stories that I'm going to read is a, it's, it is a very interesting story. It's found in John chapter 2. And um, we have very little recorded in the Bible about Jesus' life from his birth to the beginning of his ministry when he was 33 years old. We have very little. We have a little bit, but we, but we have very little in comparison. There's very little about his life. But what we do know is that he was very submissive to his parents, to Mary and Joseph both, and, and he was very passionate about church life. Two things. He submitted to his parents and did everything that they asked, and, 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 and the Scripture said that he was very submissive and did what his parents said, as, as, a, as a young person up till he's 33 years old. And, um, and in John chapter 2, we see something interesting. And um, before, his, before the miracles began in his ministry, it says, uh, John chapter 2 and verse 1, On the third day there was a wedding in Canaan of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, what does that, what does, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Whatever he says to you, do it. Jesus had obeyed his parents. And he was still in the obeying his mother at 33 years old. Oh, that's all I'll say about that. <clears throat> but he was still doing what mama said here. Now, when he said, woman, what, what does that have to do with me when you're talking about this wine? He wasn't, he wasn't being ugly. When he called her woman, he was addressing her in, in, a, in a submissive way as he called her that. He's saying to her, you know, 
Mother, what, what, what is it that you're saying here? What, what does this have to do with me? And she ignored his response and told his disciples, whatever he tells you to do, do that. And notice what happened. <clears throat> now there were set there six water pots of stone according to the manner of purification of the Jews containing 20 or 30 gallons apiece. Jesus said to them, Notice, no qualms, no argument, no nothing. He tells them to do something specific. Now, we know in Scripture that Jesus only did what he heard from the Father. He never did anything except Father said. So at this point, you know, in, in, in Scripture and verse, sometimes people read the Bible like it's like, you know, every minute, you know. Well, from one verse to the next could be 24 hours or it could be three days. And then Jesus, well, you know, in that time he had slept and he had prayed and he had sought God. So from, from, because he only did what he heard from the Father, in this time period right now, from the time his mother made the comment to him till the time he tells his disciples what to do with the pots, he had to have heard from God. So Father told him what to do with these pots. Now, his mother didn't have the idea. He had to get it from Father, from, from his heavenly Father, not from Joseph, from his heavenly Father. So, Jesus says to them, fill the water pots with water, and they fill them up to the brim, and he said to them, draw some out now and take it to the master of the feast, and they took it. And when the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine, and did not know where it came from, but the servants who had drawn the water knew the master of the feast called the bridegroom. And he said to him, every man at the beginning sets out the good wine, and when the guests have well drunk, uh, then the inferior wine. You have kept the good wine until now. This beginning of signs Jesus did in Canaan of Galilee and manifested his glory, and his disciples did what? They believed. They believed in him. One of the key things for you and I to have faith for more is to hear. And the second thing is that to have faith for more, we have to do what we hear. In, in, in this situation right here, Jesus didn't even want to do the miracle. I mean, he, 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 he didn't argue with his mom, but he challenged her because he knew his time wasn't ready. But Father, he had to have prayed, and the Heavenly Father said, I want you to do this. Have your disciples do this, and the miracle of manifestation will come. So, as he's telling them to do this, and in the process, this normal, you know, you know this, this isn't just a story. Jesus and his disciples were invited to this wedding. They were invited. They ran out of wine, and... To fix the situation, Jesus' mother tells his disciples, whatever he tells you to do, you do it. And Jesus told them to get these water pots and fill them with water. So they were real water pots filled up with water, and when the master of the house took a drink of it, it was wine. And not just any kind of wine. See, the disciples could have said, you know, something wrong with him. 
we're going to go down to the liquor store and get a couple of cases of wine, and we're going to make sure that there's enough wine for, to finish the wedding or whatever. You know, they could have said that. But she said, whatever he tells you to do, do it. And whatever God tells us to do, if we do it, what happens? It produces. Everything that the Father tells us to do produces. Jesus' miracle of the wine was not something that he was all infatuated about and excited about. He just did it. There's a lot of times that the things that God tells us to do makes absolutely no sense. Does that make sense to fill water pots with water when you need wine? It makes absolutely no sense. The things that times that God will tell you to do, you have to be willing to do it. That's why you have to develop faith on a day-to-day basis. You have to develop faith in unusual times and in unusual situations. Because the unusual times and situations will call for you to do something that you have to have trust in. When he told them to fill the water pots, I'm telling you, there was no doubt. There was absolutely no doubt. Now, in Mark chapter 9, there's another story. It's when Jesus is right in the middle of things happening in his earthly ministry and and it's a story about a father that came to his disciples and they couldn't do anything and then they and then he comes to Jesus and he literally begs for him to do what his disciples couldn't do so just I'm going to skip down and start in Mark 9 and verse 17 then one of the crowd answered and said teacher I brought I, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit And wherever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, and they could not. And he answered, and he said, Jesus is saying this. So here's the father with the son saying this to Jesus, and this is Jesus' response. Oh, what? Faithless. Everybody say faithless. What is faithless? Uh, not having developed faith, not having developed trust and confidence. What does it take to, to be able to do that? You've got to hear and then do. What mistake did the disciples make? They didn't hear. See, they didn't hear. Why? Because they got freaked out at this guy foaming at the mouth and falling on the ground and go, oh my gosh, <laughs> oh my, <sighs> come out of him in Jesus' name. Uh, it didn't work. Well, maybe that's not what Father said to do. But they didn't go to Father to find out what to do and then do what Father said. See, that's what Jesus did with the water and the wine, and what did it do? It produced. Actually, it produces every single time. Remember the, our, our foundation verse? To him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to what's working in us. See, the water into wine is no big deal to God. You just have to hear that's what you're supposed to do. Now, see, the person that hears of somebody that does a water into wine type of situation and then they go try and duplicate that because they didn't hear, then they, it doesn't work. See, we, I want faith for more. I don't want just status quo faith 
that's just going to see little things happen here and there. I want faith for more. I want more manifestation. You know, and, and when, when situations arise, when people say, and they come in my presence and they say, you know, you know uh, the doctor said that, that there's nothing they can do for my body. Well, I want faith for more. See, in, in that type of situation, when someone comes and says, you know what, I mean, I, I'm, I'm overrun financially and I don't know what to do about this. I want faith for more. And, and how does the faith for more come? You hear and then you do. Do you and I have the ability to hear for other people? Absolutely. But if you're not hearing for yourself, if you're not developing faith and hearing for yourself and knowing what to do, you won't have faith for others. You have to practice it on yourself. Somebody said, well, you know, practicing doesn't seem real spiritual. Well, you know, you, you can say that all day long, but there's not anything in life that you don't have to practice to get good at. And where the word is concerned, it's no different. Notice what happened here. Um, <laughs> just watch this picture about how cool that Jesus is. Everybody say, Jesus is cool. He, I mean, he's just cool. Absolutely cool. <clears throat> and so he says, um, uh, verse 19, he, said, he answered and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. What do you call him? Faithless. In other words, not develop faith. They're not developing their faith. And so, so he had released his disciples. They got some manifestations on a few things. But in this situation, they, they didn't know they wanted to mess with foaming stuff. Right? So they didn't ask God. They got scared and they got whatever and they got disturbed. Not only do we see how Jesus did it and it, and it worked, but then we see the answer to why it didn't work for the disciples. Watch this. So, um, verse 20, then they brought him to him, and when he saw him immediately, the Spirit convulsed him. Okay, so when the Spirit saw Jesus, it convulsed the guy that had the Spirit. And he fell on the ground, and he wallowed, foaming at the mouth, right in front of Jesus. So here's the guy laying down right here, right in front of Jesus, foaming at the mouth, and wallowing around, and shaking around, and doing whatever he's doing, Right? Now notice, notice Jesus. Did it say this? And Jesus freaked. No, notice. So here's the son, and Jesus enters into a conversation with the father. And, and I'm telling you, the guy's going like this, foaming at the mouth and everything else. And here's what Jesus said. So Jesus asked the father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. And often he's thrown in both, and he's over like this, and often he's thrown both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on what you're looking at right here. And notice, and Jesus said, if you can believe. See, th this isn't just about, because Jesus knows he's come to the place at this point in his ministry. He knows he's not going to be here forever. And actually, he's not going to be here much longer. And if you guys don't get this, and notice Notice what he said to the Father. He's telling the Father this. He said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. So, in our verse of Scripture in Ephesians 3.20, to him who is able to do exceeding and abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to what? The power that works in us. What does that translate out to? to according to how I believe. 
In other words, according to how I believe in the process that Jesus set up for us. We hear from the Father, and then we do what Father says. Uh, I, I've probably told this story before, but, and I heard someone else say this, and then I read the book, and it actually says it in the book. But a, a pastor that pastors did pastor, I don't know if he still does, pastor the largest church in the world in Seoul, Korea. Paul, uh, pastor Paul Youngi Cho, about the, at, at one time in the 80s, his church was a, a million members. And that was in the 1980s. It was by far the largest church congregation of people in the world. And people would come to Seoul, Korea to find out how he built a church so big. And, and one of the things that he did is he would point to Prayer Mountain, where there was 24 hours a day prayer nonstop. People would de- dedicate their time during the day and night, and for 24 hours a day. And I, as far as I know, even to this day, there's still 24-hour prayer around around the clock for not only Seoul, Korea, or Korea, but for the world, and they've always done that. He'd first point to Prayer Mountain, and he said, it's because of prayer. But, but pastors would come and, and just really grill him about, you know, okay, so how do you build a church like this? And he said, there's two things. And, he, and, and one guy that was telling this was, you know, very uh, demonstrative and his actions and he was going through all this and he was talking and said so the the pastors come and they've got their pens and papers and you know as before uh computers and and they had their pens and papers and they're fixing to write all this stuff down and he said yeah, there's two things he said you pray and then you obey <laughs> and he said that's how you're a success you pray and you obey and what does that what does that say to us today you pray and you hear right you ask God and you hear, you pray and listen to him, and then you just do what God says. Well, can a human being hear the voice of God? Absolutely. See, because God, see, this is like a tape recorder right here. And so when you read this, it's speaking to you. So, so you know, if you get, if you get the Bible on, you know, recorder and, and you're listening to it, you know, and, and on a daily basis. That's God speaking to us. That's what this book is. It's God speaking to us. So what our responsibility is, is to take what's written in here and make it apply to us, and that's why we have the Holy Spirit. The day you got born again, the Spirit of God live in you, and the, the Holy Spirit's job is the helper to reveal truth to you. So I don't have to just have a head full of knowledge of stuff I don't even understand. You know, most people today in, in America and around the world ha- have this sense that, that you just, man, you know, you can't understand the Bible. And, and many denominations have taught the people in the church not to know the Bible and learn it. See, we're here to talk about learning this so that we know God's voice, we know how to hear it, and then we can step out and do what he tells us to do. You know? And, and, it, and it's, it's a lifelong journey, and you will never top out and get to the end of hearing and learning to do, because there's all kinds of obstacles that will come at you to try to discourage you from believing that you really heard God, and that if you do what he said, like, okay, bro, I want you to, to get uh, 25 big clay pots from Lowe's, put a little stopper in the bottom of them, and fill them up with water. Okay. And then fill those up with water, uh, circle the church with them, and money will flow out of them. 
Alrighty. You know, so I do that. Now, now he, he didn't say uh, when the money was going to flow. So people drive up and they say, what's the deal with the pots? There's just water in them. Why, why are there no plants or whatever? Well, just because God said. Oh, what did God say? See, you don't have to tell people, but if they ask you, <laughs> you can't lie, you know. Well, God just, I believe God told me to fill them up with water. Oh, why? Well, he wanted to bless me. Why? Well, because, all right, he said, fill them up with water and money will come out of them. Really good to meet you. And then that guy makes you feel like you're an idiot. And then the enemy come and tell you, you're an idiot. You didn't hear God for anything. You, you, you see what I'm saying? I mean, okay, that's not the way God normally works. But the water into wine isn't the way God normally works either. But did you see that happen again? No. See, things will happen. But, but there's the standard, there's the way God operates, and then there's the miraculous of things like that. But it's only based on me developing my day-to-day faith being confident that I heard from God, not me out of desperation thinking, oh, maybe God will tell me to do that. Well, he, he turned water into wine, so I'll do it. So uh, maybe he'll turn water into money, or he'll turn this into that, or whatever. No, not out of desperation, because you heard his voice. He really talks, and when he talks, and we do what he says because we believe we heard his voice, it really produces. If it happened here, it'll happen here. See, according to what's working in me. See, see, Dale can't put his faith on what's working in me. Dale's got to have the same working in him. We can help each other. We can encourage each other. But at the end of the day, it's where my faith is in that. And see, with, with the man, Jesus says to the father, he said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. Immediately, the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Look at those next three words. Help my unbelief. Huh? Why could the disciples not cast him out? They didn't believe. Now they heard, they saw Jesus do things, they, you know, they had it up here in their head, but they didn't believe. So do they need to be drop kicked out of the kingdom because they didn't believe? Absolutely not. That's not, a, that's not a negative. If we identify that in a correct way, that should be a positive. So he said, he's, the, the guy says, help my unbelief. Do you think that that stirred up Jesus? I imagine. So Is it a wrong way to pray when you say, you know what, Lord? I hear what you're saying. I want to believe that, but I'm struggling. Man, I'm telling you what. When God hears prayers like that, he takes them, and and it's like you're taking a step toward God hoping he didn't slap you for that prayer. But God takes about 10 steps toward us because, man, if you'll just stay there and develop it and just keep moving towards me, I promise you the unbelief will leave, and it does. It does. The unbelief leaves when faith arises. Faith arises, doubt and unbelief goes, and we begin to develop and have faith in God. 
And all along, the enemy's going to try to tell you that you really don't believe that. So you can have doubt that continually comes to your head and you be established in your heart. Did you hear what I said? You can have doubt up here telling you, you know, are those water pots really going to produce that money? I know they are because God said. See, I don't need 14 confirmations and a bunch of people standing around the pots holding hands praying. I know, if God says, I'll do that. But I don't need that when I know I've heard from God. See, and I don't need to try to convince you that I've heard from God about something like that. It's, it's later on when I have the testimony that they produce the money because God said that then it'll encourage other people not to do the same thing I did, but similar things and, and how vital it is to, for me to develop the ability to hear. Yeah. Say this with me. I can, I can. hear God's voice. I'm telling you, you can hear. If you're born again, if you're born again, you can hear God. Amen. Settle. Amen? The answer to this is, is, is in this passage right here. So people came running, and he rebuked the spirit, and, and, he, and he cast the spirit out. And they thought he was dead, and Jesus took him up, and he was alive. Verse 28, and when he had come into the house... His disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? So he said to them, this kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. So let me ask you this question. I don't want an answer. I'm going to ask you the question, and then I'm going to answer it in a different way. Does prayer and fasting cast out devils? Don't, don't answer it. Just think about this. Does prayer and fasting cast out devils? Me praying and fasting, will it out a devil? Absolutely not. But prayer and fasting will develop confidence and faith in me so that if I'm to cast a devil out of somebody, I have the faith to do it. See, what he was saying is you, your, your relationship isn't developed with the Father. You didn't do what Father said. You didn't hear Father and then do what he said. Listen, Things will, not, things will not manifest. I, I, I've heard of people that raise people from the dead. I, I've never done that because I've never heard God tell me to do that. But I've heard people that raise people from the dead out of a casket that had been dead for three days. And they raised them up out of the casket in this dispensation of time. I'm talking about in the last 75 years. I know people that have done that. I mean, I know, I've heard stories of people that have done that. But if you did it because you heard someone else did it, they're going to lock you up. You go try to drag somebody out of a casket that was not thus saith God, it's not going to work. The family's all going to be ticked. Everybody's going to be mad, and they're going to throw you in jail because you disrupted something that was the natural flow of life. There's a time to be born, and there's a time to die. Right? And that's the natural, that's the natural uh, movement of life in, in the death of that person, whether it was premature or whatever. But if you've heard from God and you have the faith to do it, you know it and you know what will happen? It'll work. You say, well, how, how, how will we know if they get out of the casket? <laughs> so do you see where, I mean, we got to believe this life. we got to believe this stuff. See? Because the only way you're going to know that you've heard from God is that they get out. Well, but I know I heard from God even though they didn't. No, 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 no. Faith works every single time. 
It's just there's, there's faith and there's phony faith, but the phony faith isn't somebody that's trying to put on. It's the phony faith is the lack of developed faith. See, and, and you, can't, you cannot call presumption faith. No more that you can call a duck a dog. You, you can call a duck a dog, but it's not going to become a dog. It's a duck. And you can't call something that is just presuming or something that you want to happen or you liked a story you read about somebody raising somebody from the dead, so you want to go into the funeral parlor and raise somebody up out of a casket because it sounds really cool. Well, it just doesn't work that way. If Father didn't say it, if you didn't get it from him, and in that type of situation, you know, unless you want to start a ministry in jail, I mean, you better know what, that, that it was God telling you to do it. Because, because li- listen, you'll, you'll, start a, you'll either start a ministry in jail or everybody in Kerr County will be drawn to the faith of your life. So it'll be a ministry one way or the other. Right? But we want, we want this, we want faith for more. Now, now let me ask you a question. Would you, would you want to be used to raise somebody from the dead? I, I would. I, I literally would want to be used that way. I, I, I don't, I, I think early on in my walk with God, I kind of had an overzealous desire to see something like that happen. But when I began to realize it wasn't something that I was going to see happen, it was something that I was going to direct under the guidance of the Holy Ghost. See, I'll only direct what he says is so. But for a long time, I thought that would be cool to see something like that happen. (laughs) Right. So through prayer and fasting, through developing relationship with God in my life is what gives me the ability to cast out devils the same way that Jesus cast them out only under his direction. You notice, I'm telling you, this wasn't a lone case in Galilee. This wasn't just some lone case. There were tons of people, but we only see him with one person because that's what Father said. There were many sick in Nazareth, and only a few were healed. Why? Because God didn't tell them to lay hands on all, and one of the reasons he didn't is because of their unbelief. He was from Nazareth, and they didn't put any stock in who he was. The miracles that they saw, they discounted because of who he was. So there was no faith in them, and it couldn't be, it wouldn't rise because of his, and so there was very few healed. So you see, people weren't healed, devils weren't just cast out just because he was the Son of God, no. It's because Father said. Can you say amen? Amen. And I'm really running long. So I'm going to end with this. Um, (laughs) 
Now I've got to decide how I'm going to end it. <clears throat> so just, uh, I'm just going to end this with a, with a confirmation of this. John 12, <clears throat> John chapter 12 and verse 49. For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me gave me a command what I should say and what I should speak. Notice he said, I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me gave me a command of what I should say and what I should speak. And the same command that was given to him is the same command that he has given to us. To go into all the world preach the gospel, you know, cast out devils, raise the dead, do whatever needs to be done, but do it in my name as a result of what Father said, not of what I just think or what I'd like to see happen or, or happen or manifest. <clears throat> and then the 10th verse just supports this in verse, in chapter 14. And he said, if you ask anything in my name, if you ask anything in my name, if you ask anything in my name, he said, I will do it. Amen? Anything that you ask in my name, I will do it. <clears throat> so, I want you to think about this, and then I'm going to ask you to close your eyes because I want to pray for you today. And when I ask you the question, if you need to stand, you'll know to stand. And just stand. But just everybody have your eyes closed because I'm just going to pray for you where you're at. <clears throat> but if water, if water can be turned into wine, if water can be turned into wine, then what I say is that anything that is broken can be fixed. If water can be turned into wine, anything that's broken can be fixed. Anything that is sick can be healed. Amen? Anything that's poor can be delivered of poverty. Anything that's sad can become joyful. And anything that is fearful can be ruled by peace. If water can be turned into wine, there's not anything else that's impossible. To him who is able to do exceeding and abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. With your eyes closed, today... If there's something in the form of just even the topics that I just mentioned, if there's something broken in your life, or there's sickness, or there's lack, or there's sadness, or there's fear that's trying to grip your heart, or there's whatever it is, what I want you to do while you're sitting there, just for a moment, is I want you to get a vision and, and, and visualize within yourself a time before something was broken or before the time you were in lack you may have to go all the way back to just memories you have as a child and that's the key Jesus said if you come as a child open to receive you'll receive and right now just visually I want you if there's anything that's troubling you today 
God wants to see you free. If water can be turned into wine, there's not anything in your life that has not already been fixed. The availability for it to be for you to be delivered and set free has already been supplied through the blood of Jesus. And I want you to get a vision of what it's like and what it was like before you were in this condition right now, just right where you're at. Just get a vision of what it was like before this condition. And you say, you know what, Pastor? I've got this situation. I just want you to stand to your feet. Just right where you're at. And I want to pray for each one of you that stand. doesn't matter what it is. Don't let the thought of it, like somebody's going to judge you. Man, this is a day to be free. If you've got something, you need to stand, just stand. No question. Just giving you a little bit of time to make sure that that's you in a situation. Thank you, Lord. Just remembering what it was like before then. Wow. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, today, just if you're standing, you stretch your hand toward me, and I'm stretching my hand toward you. We're in agreement. Any two agree on anything that they ask, it's done of the Father today. Lord, today I thank you that you don't just bring us back to a place of how something was. You lift us to a new place, to a fresh place, a place at times that we think there's no way we can get to that place. No, but that place is there. It's already supplied for. God's saying today is the day of believing. And where you've had unbelief and you've struggled with it let your prayer from today on be at least a few times lord help my unbelief but then arise past that and receive the faith that god has given you and believe that he'll do what he said today my prayer is total restoration total deliverance today of brokenness of sickness poverty and lack the lack of peace and the lack of joy in, in, in their lives or whatever it is, I thank you, Lord, today for total and complete restoration in your people in the name of Jesus, being restored to a new place, having that vision of how good it was before this thing was, but it's going to be even above and beyond even what you can imagine, even what you can imagine. Today, my faith is so high for this, Lord. I release my faith. And as they join their faith, we believe we have what we say today. No more bondage, liberty and freedom. And we give you all the glory and the praise. And everybody said amen and amen.